Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. So glad to have you with us here today for our congregation at prayer. We come to you each morning about 9 o'clock central, and we hear from God's Word, we commit some to memory, and we also have some uh, catechesis, some back and forth. Well, kind of. I can't hear you, but uh, I ask you questions, give you a moment to think about it, and then uh, help with the answer. But really what, what we're doing there is, is providing a, let's say, an intellectual framework, a way of approaching the Bible um, to read for detail. Back in uh, my grade school days, we called that reading comprehension. Right? And it's kind of lost, actually, <laughs> at least in my experience. I, I have really a hard time um, with uh, children, especially, um, well, it really doesn't matter, public school, day school children, both. They don't read for detail. And uh, so that's what we do here. So that way, um, sometimes the, well, this so you catch the details, because sometimes I think the most significant thing that the Lord is trying to give us is there in the detail. All right. Today is also, uh, we have students doing online testing, so hopefully the internet will be all right. It looks okay at the moment. It might get a little blocky here and there, but so it is. <laughs> Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We say our memory verse for this week. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. 1 Timothy 1, verse 15. And now our psalm for this week. Psalm 94. O Lord, God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth, and repay to the proud what they deserve. O Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exult? They pour out their arrogant words. All the evildoers boast. They crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the sojourner and murder the fatherless. And they say, the Lord does not see, the God of Jacob does not perceive. Understand, O dullest of the people. Fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? He who disciplines the nations, does he not rebuke? He who teaches man knowledge, the Lord, knows the thoughts of man, that they are but a breath. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law, to give him rest from days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. For justice will return to the righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against evildoers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence. When I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Can wicked rulers be allied with you, those who frame injustice by statute? 
They band together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord has become my stronghold and my God the rock of my refuge. He will bring back on them their iniquity and wipe them out for their wickedness. The Lord our God will wipe them out. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right. Oh, I did the same thing as yesterday. <laughs> Neglected to copy and paste. Uh, time was running short. All right, we'll get it in there here. All right, our first reading today is going to be from Galatians chapter 3, beginning in verse 15. Uh, somehow my routine is broken. Oh, well. Be patient. There you go, you can see it. Galatians 3. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men. Though it is only a man's covenant, yet, if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now, to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is not of the law, it is yeah, excuse me, if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of the promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now, a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. But the scripture has confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the, for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. All right, there ends the reading. This is, one of the, I think, one of the most significant um, texts uh, for us as Lutherans, but I think for all Christians, or ought to be for all Christians, to properly understand the distinction between the law and the gospel. Um, God's two words. And Paul does such a great job outlining um, the order of these things, all right? So that the gospel is given before the law, and even in, sen- in a terms of time, right? The promise, the gospel promise is made to Adam and Eve, right? It's made to Abraham. Uh, the law is not given until Sinai, which is um, after um, the exile, I guess you would call it, or at least the slavery or bondage in Egypt, right? And because of transgression, because of the sins of the people, to, uh, that they had lost sight of their need for salvation. And that's why Paul calls the law here a tutor, a pedagogue, actually, in Greek, to bring us to Christ. It doesn't save us, but it shows us our need for saving, right? And then we're saved by, or justified by faith in Jesus. All right. And now, same story here, our uh, catechesis 
for today is going to be not the text that you see on your screen. So give me a second. Okay. I can paste it in there. There we go. And we'll make it a little bit bigger so you can read it. Not as long as yesterday. Okay. Continuation. Well, at least another selection here from Deuteronomy chapter 18. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritualist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you dispossess listened to soothsayers and diviners. As for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. The Lord your God will rise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear according to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb and in the day of assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, What they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When the pro- a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, That is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. All right, there's our reading. Some catechesis. All right, what were some of the detestable ways of the nations? I have a whole list of them there. Makes his son or daughter pass through the fire. That's child sacrifice with fire. Um, There you can think of um, Baal or Dagon or uh, especially Moloch. Um, Moloch would usually be a large statue with burning hands and they just place the child in there to an attempt to appease him. Terrible stuff. Um, What else do we have there? Practicing divination or witchcraft. Interpreting omens, conjuring spells, being mediums or spiritualists, and Consulting the dead. One who calls up the dead. Seances, I guess. Um, Just a brief note there. Sometimes uh, the children get a little concerned about uh, (laughs) how the catechism talks about um, misusing God's name for witchcraft. And like, well, or um, evil. I don't remember how the translation goes today. It used to be witchcraft. And they're like, well, that stuff doesn't exist. Um, just talk to even a Lutheran in a third world country, especially those places where they believe, still believe in, in the spiritual realm, unlike we rational people who deny all the spiritual. Well, 
deny the spiritual that God reveals to us anyway. Um, they'll tell you about exorcism. They'll tell you about demon possession. They'll tell you about, um, you know, evil, like what's listed here. So, still true. Why is the sacrifice of sons and daughters mentioned first? Yeah, this is the ultimate act of unbelief, is to offer a son other than uh, the true son of God, right? This is one of the things that I suppose shocks us about um, the near sacrifice of uh, Abraham, of his son Isaac, right? Like, why does Abraham so willingly go along with this? Because all the gods, especially the gods of Abraham's home, home country, or that's what they demand is child sacrifice. So Abraham's quite willing to do it, trusting that the Lord will uh, resurrect him. What does God declare about all who do such things? That's right. They are an abomination to the Lord. Abomination. Helpful word. Now, what will the Lord do to those nations because of their unbelief, because of their idolatry? This is very important. He will dispossess them and drive them out. Again, because of they're listening to false gods. Hmm. Uh, what are the people told, told in verse 13 there in particular? You, you shall be blameless before the Lord your God. Right? So that's the distinction is you walk with God in his word. They walk according to these, um, to these idolaters, to this false worship. Um, who else has similar words? <laughs> Walking blameless. Well, you can probably guess that it's Jesus, all right? Um, think Sermon on the Mount, when he says, uh, For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you, what do, you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And really, um, the word there is te- uh, teleos, which is complete or um, blameless, right? Like, like the sacrificial lamb was without blemish. I'm not a big fan of the word perfect. That comes from Aristotle and has all sorts of baggage attached to it. But that's probably a lecture for another time. <laughs> uh, so how is one then holy or blameless or complete? Or especially before the Lord God? Well, it's just like what we saw in Galatians, right? We are justified, made blameless by faith in Jesus Christ, right? True, true righteousness does not come by the law, but it comes by faith in Jesus Christ, right? The same thing here. By faith in Christ, a person receives Christ's holiness and blamelessness that is not his own, but of Christ. All right, now, again, in regards to the nations, verse 14, it's repeated again. The nations are practicing sorcery, right? But God has not appointed such for you. Now, to whom was uh, Israel to listen to? This is a brilliant prophecy here. Yeah, to a prophet like Moses, uh, a type, Moses is the type that God would raise up. Um, Notice the, the mountain is mentioned here, the Lord your God in Horeb, but as we've talked about, Horeb is another name for what mount? Sinai. Um, we're watching a uh, YouTube series on the, uh, some of the uh, sites in Israel and the surrounding areas. Uh, I wish I could remember the name of it. I think it's Nina and somebody. Um, 
go on their journeys or something. Anyway, um, uh, the Dome of the Rock, which is on the Temple Mount, is covering actually the top of a rock, which uh, both Muslims and Jews, um, and I would argue Christians, believe is Mount Horeb, is Mount Sinai. That mountain is in is Jerusalem. But that's a whole other question for another time. Uh, let's see. Okay, yeah. Actually, I was thinking, it's not Mount Sinai or Horeb. That would be in the peninsula. Oh, the mountain that uh, Moriah, that's the mountain I'm thinking of. Moriah, the one that uh, Abraham was commanded to sacrifice Isaac upon. All right. And then, of course, that becomes the most holy place uh, where the Ark of the Covenant would rest. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry for that. Uh, what had Israel asked of the Lord at Horeb? This is really quite important to the promise. Yeah, they asked to not hear the voice of the Lord or see the great fire. And how was then the request of the people connected to the promise that the Lord makes? You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. The prophet who comes, he will be blameless, right? And then he would declare them by a word from the Lord, not like the word that Moses spoke, but rather by the word that Jesus speaks, um, to declare them blameless, proclaim them blameless. How does he do that? I forgive you all your sins. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Um, what would the mark of the prophet be that, that the Lord would raise up? Look in verse 18 there, you see it. Yeah, he will have the Lord's words in his mouth, and he will speak all that the Lord commands. And what will God do to those who do not listen to this prophet? Yeah, it's a very particular command. I will require it of him. They will be called to an account. So think about all of um, Jesus's um, end times discourse. All the he does it with parables, right? About separating the sheep from the goats, or the people being called to give an account for their works. Right? That's exactly what Moses says will happen here. Also, what must happen to the false prophets, those who claim to speak in the Lord's name and with His word, um, but do so falsely? who have not been sent. Verse 20, they shall die. Uh, what can we know when a message has not been spoken by the Lord? Or how can we know when a message has not been spoken by the Lord? You see that in verse 22? Yeah, it, it does not take place and it does not come to pass. Right? Um, now, here I'm thinking specifically of Jesus, of course, because he is the prophet who is being uh, foretold here. Uh, did Jesus say that he would die? Yes. But he was not a false prophet because he said he would rise on the third day. And did he do what he said? Yes. What he said would happen did come to pass, which is quite, quite important. Uh, maybe some New Testament here on Jesus being the prophet, uh, because sometimes it gets confusing. Uh, people think he's, that Elijah was the prophet who was promised. Are you Elijah who is to come? And he says, no, that's John the Baptist. In other places, he, I think he does assume Elijah into himself as well. So here's uh, Luke 4. Uh, then he said, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows in, were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But none of them was Elijah except, or to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. 
And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Right? So those are types of Jesus, both Elijah and Elisha, but their works do not compare to Jesus himself. Of course, later on, um, at the end of Luke's gospel, it goes like this, Luke 24. Um, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? This is a uh, Cleopas, right? Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things that, of which happened here in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they, so they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the peoples, and how the chief priests and rulers delivered him, etc., etc. Um, think also of John 6, which has an allusion to this. And when these men, uh, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, feeding the 5,000, said, this is truly the prophet. Right, so this is clearly referencing back to Deuteronomy 18 and Genesis 49. Who has come into the world? This is the prophet. Um, and then this language comes up again in John 8. So one more example. Uh, let's back up a little bit. And Jesus said to them, Just what I have been saying to you from the beginning, I have, said, I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world. Those things which I heard from him, you see, I will put my words in his mouth and he'll speak all that I command him. Got it? All right, context. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, right? So the divine name, I put my name upon him. And that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are, true, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Brilliant, right? So you can see right there in John 8, Jesus is clearly uh, assuming into himself this promise, this prophecy. All right. So we have this comparison of the faithful, faithfulness of Jesus, and of course the faithfulness of those who follow Jesus, the true prophet, contrast with the nations and their unfaithfulness. The detestable way of all is the way of unbelief. Those who do not cling to the blessed trinity in faith are detestable to him because they are not safely hidden by the sacrifice of the Father's own dear Son. When we are hidden beneath the cross of Christ, all of our detestable sins are covered over with Christ so that we are acceptable to the Father. Jesus came as the prophet to speak this word of grace to us. He speaks only what the Father gives him to speak, that we may know all that has been done for our salvation. Jesus was raised up from his brothers that he might become detestable in the eyes of his Father, that we might be declared righteous. Anyone who speaks anything other than this prophet, Jesus, proclaims death and will fall under the judgment of death. Thus we trust only in the preaching of Christ and his holy word and sacraments, for his promises have been firmly established and the Lord can be found in no other place. That is, the Lord of salvation. Those who preach signs and wonders, apart from Jesus, are false prophets who will surely perish. All right. Let's confess the explanation of the first article. What does this mean? 
I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does only out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, in the first article of the Creed, you teach us that you are the God of self-giving love. You have created us and all things out of your fatherly divine goodness and mercy. We give thanks to you for all that you have made, for every gift of body and soul, for our talents and abilities, and for all that you have given us to preserve us each day and to make our lives enjoyable. You richly and daily provide us with all that we need to support us in this body and life, and you defend us against all danger and guard and keep us from all evil. Forgive us for not trusting in you, for failing to give thanks for all your gifts of creation, and for not using your gifts in loving service to others. Strengthen us by Jesus' forgiveness and love to rejoice in all that you have made and to ever thank and praise, serve and obey you all the days of our life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. On this Friday, we pray for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted, for the sick and dying. Pray for all our first responders, doctors, nurses, and those who work in nursing homes and hospitals. Pray for an end to all fear, anxious thoughts, and constant worry. We pray for deliverance from all authoritarian and dictatorial rule, and from those who would restrict or censor our faith, as well as our rights of speech, press, assembly, and protest. We pray that you give us wisdom as we prepare to vote, that we would act according to God's word and thereby his will. And we pray for our military and law enforcement personnel. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray in Thanksgiving uh, with Doug, who celebrates his birthday. And we ask the Lord grant his healing, um, his care, his recovery to those who have requested it, especially Marcella, Jan, Kelsey, Marlene, Brad, Janet, Timothy, and Pastor Lindau, Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, Aaron, Roger, Steve, and Jean, our homebound, Bev, David, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey, the South Wisconsin District Disaster Relief, Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach, and the Federowitz family. For all these, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the collect for this week. Almighty and merciful God, of your bountiful goodness, keep, us from, keep from us all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready in both body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish whatever you would have us do. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today is also the feast day, I believe, for James of Jerusalem. Is that right? Yes, James of Jerusalem, brother of Jesus and martyr. St. James of Jerusalem, or James the Just, is referred to by St. Paul as, quote, the Lord's brother, Galatians 1. Some modern theologians believe that James was a son of Joseph and Mary, and therefore a biological brother of Jesus. But throughout most of the church, historically and even today, Paul's term, quote, brother, 
is understood as, quote, cousin or kinsman. And James is thought to be the son of a sister of Joseph or Mary, who was widowed and had come to live with them. Along with other relatives of our Lord, except his mother, James did not believe in Jesus until after his resurrection, John 7 and 1 Corinthians 15. After becoming a Christian, James was elevated to a position of leadership within the earliest Christian community. Especially following St. Peter's departure from Jerusalem, James was recognized as the bishop of the church in that holy city. That's overseer. See Acts 12 and Acts 15. According to the historian Josephus, James was martyred in AD 62 by being stoned to death by the Sadducees. James authored the epistle in the New Testament that bears his name. In it, he exhorts his readers to remain steadfast in the one true faith, even in the face of suffering and temptation, and to live by faith, the life that is in Christ Jesus. Such faith, he makes clear, is a busy and active thing, which never ceases to do good, to confess the gospel by words and actions, and to stake its life both now and forever in the cross. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, shepherd your people, you raised up, shepherd of your people, you raised up James the Just, brother of our Lord, to lead and guide your church. Grant that we may follow his example of prayer and reconciliation and be strengthened by the witness of his death. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray be our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week, and God, my faithful God.
yet I will not despair. I build on Christ who loves me, from this rock nothing moves me. To him I will surrender, to him my soul's Death my portion be, it brings great gain to me. It speeds my life's endeavor to live with Christ forever. He gives me joy in sorrow, calm death now or tomorrow. O Jesus Christ, my Lord, so meek in deed and word, you suffered death to save us because your love would have us. Be of heavenly gladness when ends this life of sadness. So be it then I say with all my heart each day Dear Lord we all adore you we sing for joy before you. Guide us while here we wander until we praise you yonder. That concludes our congregation of prayer for today, October 23rd, 2020. So glad to have you with us all today. We do have congregation prayer at prayer tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Saturday. We usually uh, prepare for the coming Sunday then, and we will tomorrow. Uh, we'll be doing it live, actually, from the church, because the LWML, the ladies of our congregation and those in, the, in our zone, uh, are going to be gathered here, and uh, we're actually going to follow the congregation in prayer there uh, for our opening devotion. So I encourage you uh, to join us, and of course, if you're uh, a lady of, of any of our congregations in the area, I encourage you to come to the Zone Rally and support the work of the LWML. All right, so God willing, all of that will work. and <laughs> we'll, You'll see me then. Lord, be with you today on this rainy day and uh, give you his peace. We'll see you tomorrow.